Hi, uh, my name is Yael Bartor. Um, I'm here with my friend Chayalea. Hi, Yael. Hi, Chayalea. Um, wow, that is the nerdiest opening ever. I know. We'll, we'll work on it. Okay, this we'll is, work on it. This is our first time, so be gentle. Yes. Um, but we um, decided that we want to get in the studio and record because... Um, we're very concerned about representation and <laughs> representation matters. And we thought there, there just needs to be more Jews in the in the journalism and, and, and podcasting game and media. For sure. Yeah. Not enough Jews in media. <laughs> but the idea for this podcast started because Chayla and I are, are kind of um, a similar demographic, but very different. We're both uh, Jewish women in our late 30s, early, early 40s. 40s. Yeah. Um, and I am um, from Israel. Uh, I am a very secular Jew. I am a bad Jew, as I call it. Um, <laughs> I don't know a lot about my religion because in Israel, you just, you know, we kind of like, well, we live there. We, we speak the language. We, we've done mm. enough, you know. But Chaya is, <laughs> if you've been watching Netflix lately, she is uh, an Orthodox Jew or a, what, what's, I, I say Hasidic Jew, but yes. is Hasidic and Orthodox, is that the same? Not quite, but Hasidic definitely is a better definition of what I am because okay. orthodoxy is like a broad spectrum. You have like modern orthodox, you have like regular orthodox, and then you have ultra-orthodox, um, which only non-Jewish people really use the term okay. ultra-orthodox. But we Non-Jewish are... people just use the word Jew yeah, like, to <laughs> exactly. describe you. No, the, like the media uses ultra-orthodox. We don't really use that word. Okay. But it's like Haredi in Hebrew. Haredi yeah. or Hasid. Or Hasid, yeah. Okay. I'm definitely, I'm a Hasidic Jewish woman. And um, you would think that somebody like me would know people like Chayalea, but she is, she's my second Hasidic friend uh, <laughs> in the whole world. Um, and uh, I had a lot of super uncomfortable questions for her. So we thought, you Perfect. know, how can we make this more uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Let's, let's record it. So, um, well, first of all, tell me about yourself. Where'd you grow up? So I was born in New York, raised on the West Coast in California. My father is a rabbi, um, a Chabad rabbi, if anybody's familiar with that. I did meet your father. Yes, he's, you did. He's pretty badass he's funny. for a rabbi. He's funny. My grandparents, you know, Holocaust survivors. We have that whole, like, survivor's humor and all of that in my family. Um, and I was, so I grew up in California, then lived here in New York again for a few years, got married, had my first kid, moved back to California and I've lived there for the last 18 years. And you have like what, like 12 kids? I, no. <laughs> I have four kids. Okay. They're between, um, 11 and 19, all boys. Um, That's small wild. family. We're just four kids. I'm the oldest of six. My husband's the ninth of 13. We have a lot of a lot of family, big family, wow. lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles. Do you remember um, everybody's name? Yes. Yes, you do. I know people ask me that all the time. My mother-in-law has over 100 descendants, like grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and she knows everyone. Wow. You just, when you know, when it's your kid, you care enough to know who they are. I, I don't know. My mom would always call, like, my, you know, us the name of the cat accidentally. Yeah, yeah. We definitely but, mess up names, but yeah. Okay. I know everybody. Yeah. It's, um... Uh, my mother's generation, the norm was like definitely eight, nine, ten kids. Um, most of my friends grew up in that size family. I think amongst my peers, the families are just a little bit smaller. I don't know if it's 
you know, financial reasons or the world just got more complicated or, you know, people, it's hard. Like okay. raising kids is hard. So I think more of the average now is like six, seven kids. And and describe what you're wearing to us. Not in a sexy way. <laughs> in a, so people know what what, and what a what a Hasidic what woman it. wears. Um, so I'm wearing a skirt, a long Don't skirt. Don't make it sexy. I'm not. Okay. I'm making it as unsexy as possible, okay. which Great. is what it is. Um, <laughs> a long skirt, a t-shirt um, that covers my elbows. And I'm wearing a wig um, that I wear. I cover my hair all the time. Which I am so jealous of, by the way, because her hair is always <laughs> fire. It always looks yeah. so good. And it's, it's cheating, cheat. basically. It is a cheat. I know. But, you know, we cover our hair only when we get married. So for the last, I've been married 20 years. So I've been covering my hair for 20 years. Nice. And um, I'm kind of used to it. I still have days where I hate it and I wish I could just rip it off my head and walk around like bareheaded. But I'm kind of used to it. It's not. It's not yeah. that bad. It's it's I, okay. I have days where I feel like I want to rip my hair off my head. It would be a little different. Yeah. I mean, when I'm wearing a wig, I don't mind it as much. But like sometimes I'll run out like in a kerchief, like because I don't, when I'm at home, I take my wig off or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll. Oh Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll run out of my house in a kerchief, and like if I catch a glimpse of myself, like in a mirror or window in the store, I'm like, holy shit, like, who is that? That looks like a babushka, like my grandmother (laughs) from Eastern Europe. I'm like, who is that person? So more as I get older, I'm doing that less and less. I'm like putting on my wig and just not being lazy. Okay. I look more normal. So I have a million questions. Like how how offensive can I get from like one to a hundred? From Aleph to Taf, how offensive? Taf, okay. Yeah. Saf, if you're Ashkenazi. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start, well, uh, so I I guess I'll I'll start by talking about myself. Yes, go for it. You know, I want to make sure we can talk about me. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I grew up uh, in Israel. Um, but in Israel, I didn't know um, really anybody religious. Uh, it's just, yeah. n- you know, when you live in, in a community, you're kind of insular to your community. And right. my community was uh, secular. Right. And the first time I really kind of m- met a religious uh, person was when I was in high school. And I was doing uh, martial arts because I was very cool in high school, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yes. And the kid came over uh, who was religious, and we had lunch. And then he asked me uh, what sink to put the the dishes in. Oh yeah. And I thought he was crazy, but then I, I he's like, no, there's like different sinks for meat and milk. Right. So that said, you know, people think that you're you're from Israel. You 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 understand a lot about uh, religion. Right. So. The combination of not knowing anything and also the combination of being very kind of, you know, if you ever met an Israeli where we can be a little straightforward, right. <laughs> uh, just made me very, very interested in your lifestyle. Yeah. So when you were growing up, like, did you know about us? Did you know, like, about the world outside your community? So actually, yes, to a degree. I mean, um, I grew up in my within my community i mean my parents were definitely on the more open minded side of things and you know we had a very open home and um it, if you're chabad in general you you know you're out there trying to do like jewish outreach so you're meeting like a lot of secular jews and trying to like teach them about judaism so i had you know kids in my class who weren't religious um but pop culture was definitely much more limited and you know, I had to sneak a lot, like as a kid, oh, and like what, like you know, we grew up just listening to Jewish music exclusively, like Hasidic music. Oh, um, not not like Bob Dylan. No, music, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> like Hasidic Hasidic music. Um, 
you know, we didn't have a TV when I was a kid. We didn't have any of that stuff. And so I slowly over time started sneaking it. And like, I remember, you know, for my bat mitzvah, I got a Walkman. Oh, nice. So the that was one? like, no, it was like a really old fashioned okay. one. Um, but that was like my first, you know, entry into like the non-Jewish world of music. And I love music. So that was like a very, you know, big like turning point in my life. Um, what did you listen to? Do you remember? I actually, this is a crazy story, but I mean, just a crazy memory, but I was obsessed with 90210, even though we didn't have (laughs) a TV, (laughs) but like my friends did. And so I would, they would like sneak me video cassettes that I would like, they would record the show and I would watch it when my parents Mm -hmm. like left or whatever. And I had this Tiger Beat magazine. Yeah. And Brandon Walsh, who Jason Priestley, yes. if you remember, of course. Um, he in the, in one of the interviews, they asked him what his favorite radio station is in in L.A. And he said K-Rock. And I was like, well, if that's good enough for Jason Priestley, I must look it up. <laughs> so I did. And I convinced myself that I loved this rock and roll music. I didn't even know what I was listening to. But like before I knew it, it you know, I did. I liked Nirvana and I loved Pearl Jam. And when... Um, Kurt Cobain killed himself like I was devastated I didn't go to school that day I did not tell my parents why because they would have been like are you sick in the head or like what's wrong with you (laughs) like who cares about this rock star who shot himself like they would not have sympathized with me at all in that way but I was so devastated I'm like I can't go to school I was like crying so that was sort of like my music really kind of was my introduction to like did you have any other friends in the community who you listen to this stuff with a little bit, a little bit. I had some friends who were just like dabbling and kind of like, Were you, you know. ashamed? Is this like watching like like for a secular kid, like watching porn and being like, um, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed? Not really. I was kind of proud. I thought like I was cooler than everyone else. You mm, know what I mean? Kind of were, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I definitely felt like I had this like secret like opening to the world and like my poor friends were so it was so sad for them that they were still like you know listening to Mordechai Ben David and Avram Freed like, <laughs> who is who is cute <laughs> but not as cute as Jason Priest I mean not no not even <laughs> in the same realm of <laughs> what did anything confuse you because I watched 90210 as well and I watched yeah. a lot of American TV shows and there were a lot of things that in Israel we didn't have that I thought was so cool like lockers I yeah were the coolest oh, thing I know. And like prom, yeah. well, anything like really all, confuse you? So we had none of that. I went to an all girls school. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was a very small high school and with very, most of the day we spent in Judaic studies and we had like in the afternoon we would have our secular studies classes. Um, but the main focus was like definitely on Judaics and, you know, our uniform was super modest and like we didn't have boys and we weren't allowed to talk to boys. And so everything about 90210 was just like, I thought that was how the whole world was. I thought every I single part of the, the world right. is. I thought yeah. everything was West Beverly High. I mm-hmm. didn't know that like most places were super dorky and like they weren't having they weren't having sex at 15 either. Like I thought I was alone in in that, you know, and I would yeah. sit. I remember this also like New Year's Eve, right? They would always do these like big countdowns on the radio, top mm-hmm. 100 songs of the year. And I would sit on my bed and I would cry every year. I'm like, everyone's out there partying and having this Aww. great time. And I'm stuck in this like isolated world where I can't be myself I was so overly dramatic also like I was like oh my god I'm suffering but um when I was 16 I was really struggling like I didn't want to be religious and I was super bored and so my mother forced me to get a job which was very unusual for girls in our community like no one had jobs in like non-Jewish places it was like weird wow so I got a job in a pharmacy 
And it was actually the smartest thing she ever did because I started meeting people and I'm like, wow, they're lame. Like they weren't <laughs> like they were, you know, like low class people from the area who like had never left Long Beach. And I was like traveling to Israel all the time in New York. And I was more cosmopolitan than them. Yeah. So it was like a big awakening to me that like just because I'm Orthodox Jewish doesn't mean that like I'm missing out on all this stuff. Like, yeah. It was, so I kind of changed at that point. Yeah. I mean, you but. never. Yeah. You never went to prom and got like pregnant. Are you kidding? I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I dreamed of prom. In my head, I went to prom lots, lots of times. But yeah, no prom, <laughs> no dances. Um, do you think they should have let Donna Martin graduate? Obviously. Right? Ugh, horrible storyline. Yeah, yeah. But I was always more of a Dylan. I love the bad boys, so. Dylan? I was Dylan. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm, I was a Brian Austin Green girl. Because he had an earring. I mean, how, that was Ugh. like the coolest thing ever. No, he didn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so and and I remember once I don't know if this is nine hundred two one zero, but you told me the story once about what paying your brothers to help you watch a TV yes, show. Yes, that was that. Yes. Okay, so yes. tell me that story. Cause... Well, because we didn't have a TV, but we had like this thing called a monitor, so that we could watch like Jewish videos and a kosher you know, TV. Yeah. So it didn't have, and my parents like hid the antenna or broke or threw it away, so I didn't have access. But if you took a safety pin. Or like a um, a clip, a paper clip, and you would stick it into the thing in the back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called. Um, you could hold it there, and you would get reception. But you, it was hard. You had to like really hold it in the exact right spot. So I would pay my brother a few dollars <laughs> to hold it in for me, <laughs> so that I can watch nine hundred two one zero. Because it was like before TiVo or anything like that. You yeah. know, I, if you didn't watch it at the time it was on, you missed it. Um, so yeah, he would do that for me. Till today we laugh about it, but it was very helpful. But like then, you know, as I got older, we started watching movies in the house. Like, I don't know, a babysitter like brought Grease and we like started watching Grease. I mean, that was like, That's oh, did movie. I love it. I loved Grease and, you know. And there were some Jewish themes there. I think music and dancing, yeah. friendship. <laughs> yeah. Giving Commu yourself up, community. changing yourself completely yeah. so that the boy will like you. That's a great theme. <laughs> I think that's that's uh, a very broad for every community. I know. I know. Looking back now, I guess Greece, like the whole message is kind of counterintuitive to like what we're trying to tell young girls today. Right. Like don't change for a boy. But she like literally shed herself. But still. But I mean, for John, for John Travolta. Travolta right? Well, in that movie. Yeah. Not John Travolta today. Ugh. Well, isn't he like all Scientology and stuff? I don't know. Is he still He's alive? I, I, sometimes I talk about celebrities and then I have to ask myself if they're still alive. Yes, yes. No, his wife passed away. Actually, oh. very tragic. I just, well, I just had that with Luke Perry when you talked about him. I'm like, oh, he's not I hot know. today. Luke I'm like, Perry. oh, because he's dead. I know. Yeah. That was sad. But you know what? We, at least we have Ian Ziering. Um, <laughs> so I can tell a funny story about Ian Ziering. Please. I this, don't, this is this like. This podcast should just this be called is, Funny Stories oh my About God. Ian Ziering. This is really <laughs> bad story <laughs> i'm ashamed okay, but we're gonna have stanley ian ziering no <laughs> ian ziering did a stint with chippendales do you know the show chippendales in las vegas I, I, i've heard of it it's a male um i don't even know how do you what do you call those shows where they kind of strip all the way yeah, yeah fine there's no nice so, way to say it <laughs> my friends and i went to see it while he was in the show because we wanted to support <laughs> him <laughs> It's a mitzvah. And we, uh, yeah, so we went to see Chippendales, and I never laughed so hard in my whole life. Like, it was really funny. Wow. It was so uncomfortable and funny and, like... It was great. Okay, I have a business. I have a business plan already that yeah. we're gonna we're gonna cut out this story. 
and then when we're when we make it when we hit it big time yeah we're gonna like only release this part to patrons <laughs> i have to think about like my kids marriage prospects so i have to be careful because no one will marry true. my kids if i start revealing uh, every uh secret can we just mine. get them married now then can we just like get, run them yeah, through? yeah exactly how old is the youngest He's going to be 12 in a few weeks. Well, you know, it's a good time to start thinking about <laughs> I mean, these we're things. we're not the Taliban. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I, I told you this would be offensive. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but it is something to think about. I mean, in our community, we definitely like to keep a good reputation so that your kids can get married. Okay, it's yeah. It's definitely this important. I ha- feel bad for worked. my husband right now. <laughs> it hasn't worked for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Um, Have you ever like in your in your adulthood and obviously you're married, you have beautiful family. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've been to your home. um, It's been lovely. Um, There are like in Hylas bookshelf. (laughs) It's like, you know, just you you see like all these like super uh, like uh, Hasidic. Mm -hmm. uh, See see how like bad I am. I don't even (laughs) know the names of the things like the Torah, (laughs) the Mishnah. Whatever the Talmud, the Talmud, yeah. a lot of Hasidic philosophy, a lot of Hasidic philosophy next to like Ayn Rand and <laughs> all these know. books about like yeah. you know the Cold War. That's not typical. That's me. Like yeah. that's my uh, my addition. If it were, if it were my husband, just up to my husband, we wouldn't have those books. But you know, it's good, it's good to keep an open mind. It is. But it the, is. my question is: Did you ever do you ever feel like still that you're you know sometimes you see things and you feel like you might be missing out? Not really. I think like I've changed my whole perspective on like what the value of life is. And like I realize, you know, I have this beautiful family and I love everything about them. I mean, it's I gave up, you know, my 20s for that. I I, I don't mean to say it in a dramatic way, but like, you know, I got married at 20, had four kids in my 20s and that was it. And so I don't live with regret about that because like I'm 41 and now I'm doing a lot of things that I want to do. Right. And so I, like this. Yeah, exactly. Like this, flying to New York, recording a podcast. Like I, it's my life is great. I mean, thank God. I'm. I feel very blessed. Um, so I don't, and I, I really have grown to appreciate like community and family. And even though it comes along with a lot of pressure and a lot of social, you know, following social norms, things that regular Americans or Westerners in general really couldn't relate to. Um, you know, down to like your choice of clothing, your choice of makeup, your choice of what you do for a living. I mean, every single choice you make, you think about what the community, how it will, you know, look to the community or how the community will respond, what your family will say. Um, I, it's a worthwhile trade in for trade off for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's worthwhile. I do push the boundaries though, more than a lot of my other friends and peers and relatives, but, um, it's worthwhile. I mean, but you make it work within. So it's not that yeah. everybody needs to conform a hundred percent to the same person. Right. You can push the boundaries, but yeah. And now more following. than ever, people really are. Um, I think there's some like core things that if you give up, you kind of lose the whole the the benefits. Like I think Shabbat is one that like if you stop keeping Shabbat like the strict way, mm-hmm. then you kind of lose the whole like all the good the good parts of being in the community if you want the good parts you have to do the hard things well, right tell us for, for for our goyim listeners what it means keeping shabbat oh boy so <laughs> for 25 <laughs> hours starting at sundown on friday till after sunset on saturday we just completely disconnect from everything electronic we don't do anything um work-wise um, we don't drive. We don't use our phones. We don't turn on and off lights. We don't carry outside. Like, I mean, it's really, really strict. Um, and we just, we go to temple. We eat 
really amazing meals together with family. Um, and it's a great time to connect. I, I'm a big advocate for Shabbat, even if you're not Jewish. When you talk to each other and like exactly. read and yeah. not use yeah. your phones. That yeah, my husband terrifying. and I, I know. It <laughs> no, it's What like, if you find out you don't like each other? It is. It's tough, by the way. <laughs> but I mean, my husband and I both work full time and have jobs that are kind of hectic and busy. And the whole week we're running and running. And it's like, thank God for Shabbat. It's a one time a week. We put away our stuff and like, no matter what. We never cheat, you know? Yeah. And uh, put away our stuff and just sit around with the kids and talk. We and should make Shabbat, like, cool. Like, we, you know how, like, I Kabbalah wish. was cool at some point? Like, I wish. How do we make, like, like Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. start doing Shabbat? I, well, Anderson Cooper, who I used to really like now. Uh, I have a story about Anderson but Cooper. But he, he was trying to push the, un, like, turn off your phone and have dinner thing um, for Friday nights. He was doing it for a while. I don't know what happened with that campaign, but... I am convinced that in like the 4,000 years that we've had like Jewish law, Mm -hmm. um, there's never been a time in history that we needed Shabbat more. I mean, it's, it's, it's for our mental health. I mean, literally like to put away your stupid devices and just look at the people in your life. I mean, my idea of Shabbat is like going down to the laundry room in my basement and like leaving my phone charging in my apartment. That's the saddest story I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I have more. That's the saddest story. <laughs> I, I that's the tragedy. It is, but you know, I mean, no, what d- if somebody listen. likes my tweet? I mean, I know it would be a tragedy not to see that. We got to turn it off for a tw- for do. a day. It's so important. We really do, and and it's hard. I yeah. do. Um, I fast on Yom Kippur, yeah. and I I. You know, I do it like my way, which basically just means I fast, but I do like I'll use electronics and watch TV, but I always try to use them less. Yeah. And it's hard. You have to go like cold turkey. It is. It's a big commitment. Mm -hmm. It is a big commitment. But, you know, when you start to think about things like a lot of religious life, and I would say this probably about all religions, not just Judaism, but um, religion is about taking the profane and making it sacred. Um, and so when you start to think about things in a different way, like this table, you know, like this can just be like a wooden table, right? Mm-hmm. That is has no purpose, like other than just us recording a podcast around it. But if you start to think about the incredible things that happen at this table, right, whether it's making blessings on food or just even camaraderie between friends, all these amazing things that happen around a table, all of a sudden it becomes something holy right like this table is holy i mean think about the guys sitting around here recording their podcast this is a holy like how are they going to feel when our podcast is so much more successful than theirs (laughs) jealous no i'm just kidding (laughs) no but you know it the world needs that we need to make things holy and we need to think of ourselves as holy too yeah i think a lot of people don't not that i know i know about much about buddhism no but but i think they do a good job of like making that like central to like the way they behave Maybe we don't do as good of a job, but that's what we're trying to do. It sounds like um, something that I'm becoming increasingly interested in, which is mindfulness and just yeah. being like very, very present and, and seeing. I, I can't believe I'm saying I'm saying these words. and I kind of want to like throw up on myself. <laughs> I, 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 I'm literally about to say the words seeing the beauty in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm like, who am I? But, I but, but no, I think it's important. Like we just met here this morning in Chinatown. Right. And you had this big smile on your face. You're like, I love New York yeah. because just things that seem so normal to a lot of people, like the sounds right. and the smells and, you know, y- you can really find the, the beauty yeah. in them. I, I agree. But you yeah. don't. So but like nothing, not even like Chick-fil-A. Oh, kosher is my hardest, is the hardest thing I do. Mm. Um, Shabbat is easy. Even the way I dress, I don't have such a hard time with. It's not, I don't really care. Kosher is the hardest thing I do. Um, really? Yeah, especially because I live in a place that does not really have a lot of kosher options. Mm. Um, and it would be so nice to pull up into a drive-thru and get dinner for my kids or whatever. 
Um, but, you know, I've often said that kosher is probably one of the things that has kept the Jewish community the way it is. Uh, because so you when you can right, you have to eat together. And when you don't mix and you don't eat at people's houses or you don't drink wine together, it really keeps a separation um, between Jews and non-Jews in a way. I'm saying observant Jews mm-hmm. and, and everyone else. So I have, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I have a weird like kosher hack. So I, I, what I, is it? I said, like I said, I'm, I'm very, very secular. But so growing up in Israel, we didn't really have a lot of non-kosher food just because, right. you know, it's Israel. But in the 90s, we had uh, a big immigration from Russia. Right. And they brought with them uh, pork. Mm-hmm. And so they started selling pork for the first time in Israel. And I, rem- I remember the first time, I remember my mom used to buy this pastrami. And I was like, oh, my God, w- w- this is the most delicious thing ever. And it was... It was like ham. And then I, I remember being 12 years old and we were in London and eating a piece of bacon for the first time and being like, what is happening? Oh my God. This is, this is absolutely amazing. So I got exposed to it, you know, a little later in life. But today I don't eat pork unless I don't know that there's pork in it. Right. In which case, like, don't tell me. Right. And I try not to mix like meat and cheese together now why do i do this even though it's completely like fucking i just made it up right um these rules but i feel like it's just it inconveniences me enough to remember that i'm jewish (laughs) yes (laughs) no and that's that and it inconveniences me in every meal i eat right so so that's what judaism really is about like just just inconveniencing just just reminding yourself that some that like you're gonna make somebody angry look i when I get into a headspace where I'm like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Why do I live this lifestyle? Who cares? Nobody's like, we live in a free country. The American government couldn't give a shit if I eat pork or not. Like, no one's arresting me. But I remind myself that we are a people of 14 million individuals. That's it. Yeah, like, that's wild. We are such a small group of people. And within that, how many are religious, right? So we have this beautiful 4,000-year tradition that is so rich and so... And I don't mean rich in money. I mean, like, deep, right? Mm -hmm. And so beautiful and has given the world so much. I mean, the Western world is literally based on Jewish values, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. when I think about separation of powers, where did our founding fathers get that from? From the Torah. The anti-Semites are right. Yes, they're totally right. Pretty much started everything. Of 100%. And we run everything. Yeah, and we're we're okay with that. We, we, you know. Fine. I mean, better than being in Auschwitz. I mean... (laughs) Like the, I I, that was actually the alternate name of our podcast is better than <laughs> better. being in Auschwitz. I know. Um, no, but I, I, I really feel strongly that even if I don't feel spiritual about things, which I often don't, I'm not a very spiritual person and I don't engage a lot in the conversation about God. I don't know how I feel about God. I like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Some days I feel like I believe some days I don't. Some days I'm confused. Sometimes I'm angry at God, which means that I believe in God. Like I just, I never, kind of, I, I struggle with that, but I really, really believe in the Jewish people. And I really, really believe in Israel. And I really believe in like this concept of Jewish peoplehood. And so me keeping kosher and me keeping Shabbat and raising Jewish kids and making Judaism, not just something that's like, something we do maybe twice a year or like a summer camp. Like it's really the central part of my life. To me, that's like upholding our 4,000 year history, you know, not that I'm doing it alone, but yeah, that makes just, me both very proud and, and, and ashamed. And which, no, you which I think be. is like the core of the religion. <laughs> you should not be. Listen, when the Jews cross, if you believe in the story of the dead, of the crossing of the sea out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, 
it says that when they crossed the sea, each tribe went on their own, right? Like separately. Yeah. And there were like 12 ways of the way they crossed. Like the Jews always tr- practice differently. Mm-hmm. The tribes were different. Yeah. Like it's not a bit, I, I think it's wrong for us to think that everyone has to be exactly the same. It's There's beauty in the differences. Yeah. For, for I think for me, it comes very much just from my Jewish identity comes from being Israeli and right. being, you know, my, my, all my grandparents being like, you know, Holocaust uh, right. MVPs. Right. Um, you know, it, it is, it is something to be said like about, um, kind of keeping keeping the tradition alive and i always said like you know if, if i ever have kids um you know they'll be jewish even though yeah. i haven't dated a jewish guy right. like <laughs> no it's true. a long time but Look, there's something cool i think about the fact i mean i know this doesn't sound this doesn't resonate with a lot of people but it's something that i care about if my great-grandparents who were killed in auschwitz would come to my house on a shabbat they would really like recognize what was going on. They would be comfortable in my house. And I think that says a lot, you know? I mean, the fact that we're still doing the same, you know, singing the same songs, wearing the same clothes, like there's something beautiful in that. Well, the Ethiopian Jews who were were isolated for for hundreds, if not thousands Thousands, of years, and they celebrated the same fucking holidays. It's ridiculous. And these people didn't even know the yeah, like some of them didn't, you know, they'd never seen a plane before, but yet they celebrate. They didn't know like, there were Shabbat. white Jews. Yeah, that's they did my... <laughs> not know that. I know. Can I tell you a funny story? So this is um, awful, but also really funny. So my friend told me that when they came from Ethiopia um, to Israel, and there are all these like crazy stories about, you know, Jew- Jewish. If you haven't looked up like Operation Moses, Operation yeah, Solomon, amazing. Google it. We, you know, we don't have time for this right now. But <laughs> all these Jews came from in the 90s to Israel from Ethiopia and they had never been in the modern world. And my friend told me that when they came to their apartment and they went into the elevator, her aunt thought that was their apartment. And she was like, this is really small. Right. Because oh <laughs> they had never been in an elevator That's before. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. But speaking of all kinds of Jews and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about the segment that we want to start here and you can send yes. us recommendations <laughs> so um you know all jews we we take um a lot of pride in pointing at other people and saying you know that person's jewish but yeah. um we've discovered that there are a lot of people that we think are jewish and are not yes so we're going to start interviewing them <laughs> so i'm excited for it, that yeah it's like the adam sandler song right that's right um so yeah well we're going to start uh, having a little recurring segment here we're called people we thought were jewish yes Plus, we want to do David dating advice. Oh, we want to do dating advice because who? we didn't really get into like my whole dating and marriage and all yeah. that. So we could do that maybe the, on the another episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because who better to give you dating advice than a, <laughs> you know, single 30 something year old serial dater and a Hasidic <laughs> Jew who has never like seen a man shirtless. It, listen, you're not going to get better advice than this, but it's definitely going to be very honest. This is going to be the new Dear Abby and Ann Landers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dear Chayalea. Exactly. Exactly. Um, great. So um, we will wrap it up and we'll see you. I don't want to say next week. Is that cool? well, Who knows Who when cares? we're going to do this again? Exactly. Who cares? See you're, you in 2024. See you, no. see you whenever we decide because we're, we're, we're independent women and we can do whatever That's right. we want. That's right. Yeah. So see you someday. Bye.